Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him, the mouthpiece for the faith and work movement. We're your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Thanks for being with us today. Today we have a very special show that Jim is going to be talking to everybody about, but I just want to make sure that um, if you have not taken the opportunity to watch us on YouTube, this is a great way to get to interact a little bit more with the interviews. This would be a great show to watch on YouTube. Yeah, so I work for him just right out there on on YouTube. You know, about three years ago, uh, we shared a little bit of the story online about uh, me donating a, donating a kidney to my friend Bill. Well, we happen to be in studio today, so we thought we'd do a show. <laughs> we really wanted to make sure that the world hears our story, Bill, uh, and because our wives are with us, that they can hear the, all sides of the story. Because it wasn't just me donating a kidney to you, Bill. It was Marietta running alongside you for those 15 years leading up to that donation with you keep getting sicker and sicker, and Martha having to make the decision as well that she would be part of this kidney donation because it wasn't just me it involved all four of us and of course a host of medical professionals we were doing this show today because there's a hundred thousand people in the united states of america alone that need a kidney today and we believe that the body of christ can meet that need we only need a hundred thousand of you to donate a kidney out of a hundred million people who know jesus in this country so that's easily taken care of. And there's a there's an organization out there I'd love for you to check out online, usforthem.org, usforthem.org. Check it out. You can read more about this need. And of course, you can always check out about Martha and I online at iworkforhim.com. Bill, let's just start off with a little bit of the story. How the heck did you end up with bad kidneys? It was hereditary on my mother's side of the family. So you're blaming it on your mom? No, it's just one of those things that you're born with and you got to live with. And um, when uh, a mother has it, her children have a 50-50 chance of getting it. And out of our family, there were four kids, two boys, two girls. And my brother and I and my youngest sister got it. And my sister that's two years younger than me did not get it. So you had this thing called polycystic kidney disease. Correct. Okay. Which made your kidneys keep growing. And I remember... Gosh, 20 years ago, we started talking about this a little bit. Maybe not 20. Yeah, 20 years ago, started talking about this. It was shortly before we moved to Florida. And you're like, you know, one day, I remember you telling me, one day, Jim, I'm going to be on the kidney transplant list. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that just seemed unreal to me. It just seemed surreal to me. Like, really? I don't know about that. Because I had a friend that had a kidney and uh, needed a kidney transplant in high school. And so I, I, it seemed surreal to me. But I remember what was what's funny about the whole thing is that I remember... Once you once you start, once your kidneys started growing, so talk, talk about this disease. What did it do to your kidneys? Um, well, you start to form cysts inside and outside your kidneys, and some cases they'll stay pretty much normal size, but in most cases they kind of like mutate, and they just the cysts get multiplying and getting larger and larger, and the cysts all have fluid in them, and as they get larger, naturally they start to offend the rest of the organs because mm. they want the room and the organs. Your heart and lung and gallbladder want the room, and the kidneys overtake and push them out of the way. So, like, offend them like, hey, you know, you know, you're, I think your mother's ugly, but really, you should see what your heart looks like today. I mean, just that kind of offending? <laughs> oh, you mean well, they, get, they, it, get, it, they get in the way. Yeah, it gets even worse. Um, Ten years before we had the kidney donation, I had to have my gallbladder removed because the, 
the size of my kidneys and the cysts destroyed my gallbladder. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and and so fast forward, um, Marietta, this I want to capture the wife's journey in all this because Bill didn't go through polycystic kidney disease alone, did he? No, by no means. Um, it affected all our family. Um, the larger Bill got, the harder it was for him for walking, going upstairs, um, even trying to sit down. He would have pain uh, and movement. And uh, so every, each, as the years went on, the harder and harder it got for him to do just ordinary day things. Like tying his shoes. Yes. Oh, so, he couldn't do that. So to give people perspective, you were talking about, you know, internally there was in it, organ struggles between the two. But when you talk about him getting bigger and bigger, what do you mean by that? Because our, our kidneys are typically, what, six to eight ounces? Correct. Um, yes. And how big did Bill's kidneys get? His kidneys got to be 34 pounds each, sizes of basketballs. Amazing. So that, I mean, I just want listeners to hear that because when you say, you know, it was hard to go upstairs or tie your shoes, we're talking, you know, how many pounds each? 30, 34, 34. pounds? So, you know, 68 pounds of of extra stuff in there that didn't belong that you couldn't control. It's not like you could just go on a diet and that would no. go away, yes. right? So that, that made life really um, extra exhausting for, I would think, for both of you and your whole family. Well, and unfortunately, my mother never really said too much about the disease. Her brothers had it, and my my mother had it, but hers never mutated. And I really didn't know I had it until I was 52, but yet I was still growing, and diets didn't work. You know, I was mm-hmm. starting to expand my mid-waist, and everybody thought that, boy, Bill, you sure aren't taking very good care of yourself, and when I turned 52 and found out that it was polycystic kidneys, then I understood more because then I researched it and people still thought I was just getting fat. And well, to be honest, you looked fat. I, I mean, know. I mean, I mean, you looked like you were carrying triplets. I mean, well, okay. the doctor said it was equivalent to about six, 10 pound babies. Yeah. Wow. Because, and just to, you know, to, to do a spoiler alert here, I mean, literally the, the day that Bill's kidneys got removed from his body. And we'll go into that story during the next segment. Bill lost 80 pounds that day in fluid and in kidneys. So, I mean, you're talking about a weight loss you know, program. That's a pretty good one, but really the worst one ever not, in your whole life. Not the Correct. way you'd want it. Yeah. When we come back, we're going to go into the details. What, what did this look like? How did God hook Bill and I up together, hook the four of us up together what did that look like, and what did the journey look like as as I ended up donating my kidney to Bill Boyson? We want to check out online. Go ahead. What were you well, going to say, Well, and I was just going to say, and why it really matters. I mean, I mean, it matters for Bill's story, but there's a bigger story out there that we want to share with other people. So. Usforthem.org. Usforthem.org. We want to check it out. We're going. We're trying to inspire a hundred thousand believers in this country. Mm-hmm to donate a kidney and solve the kidney donation crisis in this country. A hundred thousand of you out of a hundred million. Piece of cake. Usforthem.org. You're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We'll be right back. As a busy leader, you've realized you can't do everything on your own. You need help living out your God-given purpose. And thankfully, Belay, an organization dedicated to revolutionizing productivity with their virtual assistant, bookkeeping, and social media strategist services, they can help. If you're wondering what you can delegate to make your life easier to live out your calling, look no further. 
Play is offering a free download of three actionable delegation resources. 30 things to delegate to a virtual assistant, 10 things to delegate to a bookkeeper, and 20 things to delegate to a social media strategist. Also, you can get back to what really matters, fulfilling your purpose. To learn more, just text 4HIM to 55123 today. Again, that's the number 4HIM to 55123. Hey, welcome back to a special edition of iWorkFrame. We're not talking about faith and work today. We're talking about faith in your kidneys. Uh, we've got in studio today with us, which is always so much fun. And, you know, in a, in a post-COVID world, we got guests in our studio. we got Bill and Marietta Boyson, longtime friends of ours. And Bill, well, right now in the room, both my kidneys are in the room. One's inside Bill <laughs> and one's inside me. And, and But we want to talk about, we're trying to inspire Christ followers to see the incredible ministry we can have in this country by donating kidneys to other people. It's, we're, we're, it was December 10th, Bill, 2018. So we're coming Correct. up on three years already. It's unbelievable. And what I love about the fact is, so I donated my kidney to Bill. We're going to go into that story in a second. I've not noticed anything uh, different. My hair all fell out. No, that's not what happened. <laughs> my hair was gone before that. I, I am living a perfectly normal life with a single kidney. Bill is living a significantly healthier life with my other kidney. Bill, talk about some of the improvements since you've gotten my kidney. Well, like Jim said before, I was about 312 pounds, and the biggest change I saw at first was losing 80 pounds. And then two days later, they found out I had fluid on both my lungs, so they took the fluid off. So I was getting closer to about 95 pounds that I lost in three days, which when you've lived with 300 plus pounds for 10 years to all of a sudden go to get out of bed and you probably sprung out of bed you yes, almost hit the yes. ceiling <laughs> but then shortly thereafter we really started noticing big changes before i had my kidney transplant i had the kidneys out but before we had the transplant i was on three blood pressure pressure medications two cholesterol medications and a gout medication and shortly after the third month checkup, all those medications were taken away because my blood pressure was perfect. My cholesterol, triglycerides, and everything were perfect. And amazingly, my gout was in a normal range. A few months later, I was complaining to my wife about having blurry vision, went to the eye doctor, and had to get a new prescription because, unbelievable to us, my eyes had gotten better. Marietta, what did you see? What did you see after Bill got my kidney, after we got through the recovery period? What did mm -hmm. you see the improvements in Bill? Actually, it may not even after the recovery. What did you see coming out of the surgery? What did you see? Um, there was, he couldn't believe how he could just lay in bed and not be in pain because of having pressure on all his organs inside. Um, some of the other things, just small things, he said, one day he was sitting in the recliner and he said, I can cross my legs and put one leg on top of the other. I haven't seen my feet and I don't remember when. He said, this is just... They're still ugly, Bill, just in case you I noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> and that was amazing. I mean, it was, yes, there were some small things that you just wouldn't, that you take for granted every day. Mm -hmm. 
Martha, Martha, as we were leading up to the surgery, what did the doctors tell us to expect the day of the surgery? Oh, well, it was pretty fun because what they said was, you know, Bill, who's been so sick and without kidneys, allowing all of his organs to function, he is going to feel remarkable that he's going to be, you know, wanting to see you, Jim. And um, his because, you know, when you've been sick and then you start to feel better, you know, it does give you a whole new perspective on what good feels like. Definitely. And um, But they also warned us that that would not be when Jim would be feeling good because his body was perfectly healthy, and then somebody cut him wide open and removed something from him. So he got a C-section. Yes, he did. You <laughs> so had a so the day after the, the day of the surgery, of course, nobody's seen anybody because I was laying in bed groaning and moaning. I was like, "Oh my gosh, what the heck happened?" And the next day, they made me try to walk to the bathroom, and I'm like, "This is not comfortable." Uh, and then Bill calls. He called me that afternoon, and you're like, "When are you going to come up to see me?" I'm like, "I'm not coming to see you. I'm not going anywhere." They wanted me to walk, and I'm like, "Get into the bathroom is good enough." Because you had a whole new appreciation for us women, women who had C-section. Absolutely, like, what the heck are you doing? You cut all the way through. That's terrible. <laughs> and the next day, so we're, we did the surgery on Monday, and by Wednesday, Bill's going, "When are you coming up to see me?" I said, "I'm not." coming up to see you i am not moving this is terrible painful <laughs> now we're trying to get donors here, i know Jim, but okay so. <laughs> but, but here's the but here's the here's the deal i mean it was just you had surgery you're gonna have pain but bill wanted to see me and, and so marietta gets him and throws him in a wheelchair i'm sure you picked him up and threw him in a wheelchair and came down to visit and uh, i mean it was that was an amazing time because you looked awesome well, they had me walking the next day, and I was making laps on fourth floor. You were on third floor. They had the recipients on fourth floor. I mean, third, fourth floor, yes, and the donors on third, so we couldn't just walk to each other's room. And I kept telling the nurse I wanted to walk down and see him because I was walking further than that, but I had to take the wheelchair. But your coloring, everything about you, you could already tell it was like your it was like your life was perking up. <clears throat> well, that that was a surprising part that the doctor said my color came back instantly. Where a lot of times with um, the transplant, if it's a cadaver transplant, people seem to not the kidney doesn't wake up very fast. But in Jim's case, his kidney was one of the healthiest. It was they'd... still warm. They well, and my actually, mind. but it was be, also to be honest, more than just your color. Yeah. Worked up right at that, you know. His everything started working right yeah. away, and that was just really an amazing um, testimony to just you know the great um, health and the great care at the hospital and just the whole process because they did such a wonderful job of doing the transplant and getting right. you from a body that didn't have anything working for six months um, to then being able to have all the the plumbing hooked up. And that was the advantage of getting a live donor. Mm. Cadaver donors, the recipient usually has a good month of dialysis left because they're trying to wake that cadaver kidney up. Where Jim was in one room, they had a clean room in between, and I was in the next room. And the kidney went from Jim to the clean room. And naturally, they took a couple pictures because Jim's kidney was so perfect. I have it on my phone if anybody's yeah. interested. <laughs> and, and then it went into me. So really, there wasn't even 20 minutes yeah. between... Jim getting his taken out and mine put in, and I don't think the surgeons did it on purpose, but the incision they made looks like the letter J on my stomach. (laughs) 
So I'm reminded it's either Jim or Jesus, one or the other, <laughs> yes. or you, both. Much more the initials Jesus. are good. The initial is good. And what I, okay, I'm going to share just a gross fact. But Bill comes down that Wednesday to talk me how good he's doing. He feels like phenomenal. They they told me that Bill would feel like running a marathon, and I would feel like I got run over by a semi truck. And they were pretty close. Yeah. They were, but it only lasted a couple of days for me. But Bill came down and told me that first night he peed eight liters. <laughs> That's a staggering amount. And there for the whole world to know now, Bill. Yeah. Isn't that great? Well, I, was, I wasn't the best. I, was, I only came in second. They had one other gentleman that did more, but they actually had to hook me up to two IVs because my kidney was working that fantastic yes. just 10 hours after surgery. Wow. And so it's funny. Now, we're almost three years down the road. We get annual checks, and our my kidney and Bill and my kidney and me are working exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill's hair is growing back. It's getting darker. Oh, no. That's a, he's got a craving for Mountain Dew. Oh, no, that didn't nope, happen that's either. that's not happening. Okay. Uh, but Bill's feet are warmer now than they ever were before. He's got, he got my warm kidney because my feet are colder because I got the cold kidney. I don't know how that works. Let's talk about how... But what's incredible, though, Bill, is... Well, let's just ask Marietta. Marietta. You had to retire early to help take care of Bill. I mean, you had really, when Bill had to go on dialysis and have his kidneys ripped out, you didn't have a choice but to be done, did you? No, that that made it for me um, because it was three days a week. And by the time you drive there and do the dialysis, it would take a good five hours between hookup, dialysis, going home. And then once he got home, he was so sick that I would have to take care of him because he just it exhausted at him. You know, he was worn out. And by the time the next day he'd be getting feeling good again, it was time for dialysis again. Mm. And it was like that for six months. Nine months. Nine months. Mm-hmm. That's Nine right, because they started before they ripped out the kidneys. Yeah. They started, yes. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about how God orchestrated all this, Bill. How do we meet? Well, years and years ago, my uh, oldest son was real good friends with another member of Jim's church. And Jim and Martha were doing youth group for that age group. And David, Keith's son that we met Jim and Martha through, kept telling Brian how much fun he was having in youth group where we were Catholics and we didn't have that particular thing. And Keith invited Brian to start going to youth group and that's how we met Jim and Martha, that Jim and Martha were Brian's mentors in youth group. And we just really enjoyed Jim and Martha, and we stayed friends. And when they moved down here to Florida, we stayed in contact with them because we enjoyed their uh, their company and their ideas and their views about God and Jesus. And they'd done a lot of good for my son. They helped him through some rough times when he was in youth group. So it just was natural that we'd stay friends. You never imagined, though, that one of the, I mean, 29 years in the making of, like, why did God first hook us up? I, mean, I remember meeting you in the parking lot and picking up Brian one night after church. I mean, it, that was a lot of years ago. Yeah, and I think, I think that was already God's destiny. He knew that I was going to need Jim's kidney. And, I mean, this is my own belief, and some people believe in this, some people don't. <laughs> but um, I really feel, after Jim gave me the kidney and I started healing, that this was really... God's plan, 32 years in the making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it's, mm-hmm. it's crazy. You know, and that's, I just want to interject something here, because really to bring this to the listener and for you guys to hear firsthand, you know, how God used this relationship, um, that's why we're talking about it to our listeners, to the world, to say, you know, who knows 
how a friend might need another friend. You know, there's, um, we had several people in the process when we finally decided to, to make the donation and to move forward with all that, that, you know, they would quote that scripture, you know, there's no greater love than to lay down your life for a friend. Mm-hmm. And Ultimately, and I didn't have she, to lay down my life. All I had to do was give up a kid. No, and pre-donation, you know, you were kind of like, "Do I want to hear that or not?" But that was exactly what we knew. It was like a, we want to do this for a friend, and um, just getting to that point and being able to share that with other people—that you know—that's um, what the opportunity of being a living kidney donor is: is that opportunity to do something for somebody that they can't do for themselves. They can't buy it at the closest door or the furthest door. I mean, this is something that has to be a choice and a very um, uh, well-planned choice. You know, there's a lot in the process, but it's an amazing process. And I just I just want to bring highlight to that because uh, that's why we're talking about it, is to raise awareness that there, this something you can actually do. Any, uh, to change somebody's life. Yes, in an amazing way. At the way. same time, you might be able to introduce them to Jesus. We want to encourage you to check out the website, usforthem.org, usforthem.org. It is, our, it is our goal to be part of a movement to raise up 100,000 Christ followers to donate their kidneys to the 100,000 people on the list. Not all of them Jesus followers, probably most of them not Jesus followers, but they need your kidneys and they need your Jesus too. You listen to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We'll be right back. To tweet or not to tweet, that's always on my mind. That's why Martha handles most of the Twitter tweets and interactions. Please look for us and interact with us on Twitter at I Work For Him Radio. That's at I Work, the number four, Him Radio. Hey, welcome back to I Work For Him. Martha and I are talking today with Bill and Marietta Boyson about our kidney transfer. Transfer one kidney out of my body and into Bill's body, and his life has never been the same. He craves Mountain Dew night and day now. He lost all of his hair. Oh, no, that's not true. Look, he's still got a full head of hair. you got to watch the YouTube video for that. Bill, it was kind of funny. We joked about it, that when you're going to eat my kidney, you're going to start craving Mountain Dew. You're going to lose your hair. What else did I tell you was going to happen? Well, those are the two biggest that's things. That was the two biggest. And neither of them happened, so I guess that's good for you. But your you eyesight got better. You dreaming about I, it. I, I you did. just want him to join your club. It would just be so funny. <laughs> it, it would be hilarious. Bill, let's. I just want to share from my perspective, as we share with you guys, our audience, uh, about why we went through this kidney donation and how we're trying to inspire you. Check out this website, usforthem.org, usforthem.org, trying to raise up 100,000 Christ followers to solve the problem. Talk about social issues, social justice issues. There's 100,000 people that need a kidney you don't need. Check out, check it out online, usforthem.org. Bill, you were dying to say something before the end of the last segment, but I kept you. That's all right. Um, and you just led up to what I wanted to say. The 100,000 plus people that need kidneys out there, all you people that are healthy and with two kidneys, God gave you two because you don't need one. He gave you one so you could donate to people like myself that had kidney failure. And, Wait, are, and was your kidney failure because you ha- were a drunk? No. Was your kidney failure because you did drugs? No. Your kidney failure was because you had a genetic disease. You couldn't stop it. There was nothing to stop. There's still nothing to treat that disease, is there? No, there isn't. There is no cure for polycystic kidneys. And um, our daughter had a kidney transplant two years before us. And our two boys not have not been checked because of the way insurances change all the time. You don't want a pre-existing condition. But each of the boys have got a 50-50 chance of getting this disease. The nice thing is, is once I got Jim's kidney, I cannot get the disease again. Mm. The disease is gone. And you can live very easily on one kidney 
Jim and I are walking proof almost three years, and we're both very, very healthy people. I'm 72, and Jim's not near that. But <laughs> I'm 50, I actually, I'm 55. I'm running around like crazy. I actually feel like I'm 55, like Jim, because the way a kidney changes your life, I could have probably take two hours to tell you because it's unbelievable. It's a it's a God's miracle. I woke up the morning after surgery and asked the nurses if there was a bright star in the, in the sky that night because it was December. And she said, why? I says, well, I got one of God's miracles. Mm-hmm. I figured that the his star had to be in the sky because I felt that much better the next morning. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that we were just talking about this week is the fact, Bill, that um, we, and Mariette, I think you said this too, a lot of people don't understand what all a kidney does in our body. Oh, it's unreal. And oh. the reality is, is that so many parts of our body rely on the function of the kidney. And yet we have learned through science and through research that it you can live a very healthy life on one kidney and give that other life-giving kidney to somebody who's whole body suffers when their kidneys are not working. And so just to have that perspective, I think it's just so helpful because we don't think about, we don't think about it a lot of parts of our body and what they really do, you know, but until we, we take them for granted. Marietta, let's talk about some of the stress. I know Bill wants to talk, but I'm going to talk to you now. So <laughs> in October of 17, Bill went on the kidney donor list. That's when I got the call. Jim, I'm going on the kidney donor list. What was going through your mind as a wife? Um... I was concerned that Bill's time here was very limited because I thought, what are the chances of even getting a live donor? And, and it we was were, a seven-year wait. Yes, a seven-year wait to get, hopefully, a kidney. Well, we didn't feel the way Bill was going with dialysis and everything. There would be that seven years. Because it was for killing him. him. Yes, yes. It was very, very hard on his body. He would end up so sick. So stress, yes, that's <laughs> that's just a, an unbelievable weight on your everybody's shoulders, the whole family. So. I remember, Bill, when you told me that you're finally going to listen. We had prayed. What's funny is that off and on over the years, we had prayed for your kidney donor. Correct. But I remember when you went on the list and we prayed and we prayed again for your kidney donor. I remember thinking... I need to get I need to get that paperwork so I can submit to see if I qualify, and 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 I did. I right away got you had a contact at Abbott Northwestern, which what a phenomenal hospital! If you're gonna get a kidney donation, get it done at Abbott Northwestern Hospital in Minneapolis. Wow, what neat people they are! It was a free plug for all, all of our friends at Abbott Northwestern. I remember getting the kit, and and it sat on my desk, and I'm like, I, I'm so busy. I don't know how I could ever do this. I don't. I, I don't. I don't know how I could do this. And I got some of the information and I, I never really moved forward with it. But I remember going, I got to do something about this. So in March of 18, we did a radio program. Yes, we're still we live on We're still live on, on the air five days a week on long form radio, long, uh, you know, an hour long show. And we did a radio show, just highlighting your story. We brought on Dr. Staler, who's the one that actually yanked my kidney out of me. Uh, and we brought on uh, He Nicole. didn't yank it. Oh, he was we, pretty he particular. He snipped it. Uh, but we brought on Nikki. <laughs> Who uh, your daughter, who had already had the kidney transplant, to tell a little bit of her story, told a little of your story, and you use that to that podcast to send out to friends and family to say, "Here's what's going on in my life." And out of that, how many people came forward to be tested to see if they could donate a kidney to you? Well, the hospital told us that I had thirty plus people check into it, 
and unfortunately a lot of people got denied because of health conditions right off the bat talking to Suzanne that right. you well know and the one person that really shined was a friend of mine from Canada hey hey <laughs> and uh, we have rules but he came Bill, he came real rules. close but he was um to the age of 66 where they're already getting point where they're not wanting to take somebody that age but he he tested out perfect up until right toward the end and the biggest thing with kidney transplant is the transplant people are more concerned about the donor jim than they are me they want to make sure that if he gives me a kidney that his remaining kidney mm -hmm. isn't going to go over the creatinine level to be healthy and safe and in bob's case his went just a hair over right and i said that's when i understand jim and martha decided that jim was going to get his blood tested because he didn't know what kind of blood he had yet <laughs> well you know i just want to say one thing so first we know that because it was a genetic issue for you bill that it eliminated family um, yes you know, yes because so, they could all possibly so, have it right so we had you had that um, kind of pressure to look outward, you know, and to look to other people. And I just want to clarify that because if somebody's listening and they they know a family member, it doesn't eliminate the family depending on what the disease is caused from or what the failure right. is caused from. So don't be discouraged by that. A lot of family have the right blood type, have the right everything in order to make that happen. So, but yours situation was just a little bit different and God orchestrated the, our connection for that. Correct. And we're doing a show today, a special edition I work for him, to talk about the greatest gift I was ever given. The gift of being able to donate my kidney to my friend Bill Boyson. We got Bill and Meredith Boyson in studio with us today. We're trying to inspire 100,000 believers to donate a kidney to solve the kidney crisis in America. Usforthem.org. Usforthem.org is the website. Talking about that by another friend of ours who's a kidney donor. We'll be right back with more on I Work For Him. Want to build a profitable side hustle that impacts people with truth and healing in themselves and their leadership? Then look at becoming a certified leadership coach with Giant. Giant has been in the leadership space for over 13 years and has over 500 coaches in over 127 countries. Their coaches are being hired by Fortune 500 companies and organizations like I Work For Him. Jim and I took the Giant Sherpa training under one of these great coaches to become leaders worth following. Giant gives you everything you need to start your own coaching business from scratch, like hands-on training from top-level coaches, access to an all-in-one online platform to run your entire coaching business, and you get to join a thriving community of coaches around the world. To get started, Giant is hosting a coaching business workshop to help you learn how to build a successful coaching business. This workshop is 100% free, and you can reserve your spot by going to giant.tv forward slash I work for him. If you're ready to impact people and get paid to do it, go to giant.tv forward slash I work for him. That's giant.tv forward slash I work for him. Hey, welcome back to I Work For Him. As we're talking about the story of me donate, donating a kidney to my buddy Bill. We've got his wife, his bride of 50 years in the studio with us from Minnesota, Marietta Boyson, and my wife Martha here. We've got them in here because this is their story just as much as it is our story. Bill, I don't think I told you I was going to get my blood test 
blood tested because when when you when when your friend from Canada A when it didn't go through the doctor said Bill your kidneys got to come out you didn't tell me about the blood test until November second and I'll re- remember that day for well, my I know, whole so life. don't spoil that now, let, let me okay. tell the story because I'll tell okay. it better than you I mean, you, <laughs> well, you didn't, this that's... stuff was going on behind the scenes but the doctor said Bill this one's not going to go through with your friend out of Canada A so we've got to take your kidneys out and and that started a process that I didn't know, but after they took your kidneys out, you weren't al- allowed to get a, a new kidney for six months. They wanted your body to heal. Correct. Because you had been stretched. I mean, well, you, you looked like Octomom. I mean, really, you, I mean, that's, you didn't really look like Octomom. I, I was worse. You, <laughs> he had a big belly. Marietta's got the pictures. Yeah. It's, <laughs> so you get your kidneys taken out, and Martha and I went on a 34-day road trip, after, a 39-day road trip after that. And I told Martha when we were leaving Florida, I said, when we get home, I want to go through the testing because I think I'm the one. I think I'm the one that's supposed to give Bill a kidney. I said, I don't know. I don't even know what my blood type is. But I'd, I'd asked my mom what hers was, and I asked my dad what his was, and I did the calculation. It likely was what you needed. Because I was interested in doing a direct donation. I don't know. It, 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 I, I'm sure if I got sucked into the process long enough, I would have done a, a chain donation anyway. But when we got home... I started going through the process and it was quite a lengthy process. It took about two months at home of, you know, you're, you're, you're giving blood, you're doing a blood type. They do a whole bunch of genetic testing right off the bat. And after the first two months of testing and part of that's getting blood pressure checks for two weeks in a row and, you know, peeing in a bucket, they're testing all this kind of, sorry, <laughs> won't get too gross. But at the end of those two months, Bill, this is what you don't know. This is the end of September of 2018. The doctors from Abbott Northwestern hospital in Minneapolis said, you, Jim, at this point in time, it looks like you couldn't be a better match if you were a son. You've got three genetic markers that are perfectly matched for Bill. This is phenomenal, but if you want to donate, the next step is you got to come to Minneapolis to do three days of testing. I'm like, what? I don't have time for three days of testing to go to Minneapolis. I'm going to work me on the road for the next 40 days. And then I got to thinking, I hung up the phone with Susanna from Abbott Northwestern, and I said to Martha, I said, we got to be in Chicago on the 8th of October. And this was... When we had this conversation, it was the, uh, no, we had to be in Chicago on the 11th of October <laughs> of 2018. And this was <laughs> the 4th so of October. I'm having this conversation with Abbott Northwestern and I hung up with them and I went to Martha. I said, technically, there's no way we can get this done. But if we leave in, in a day and a half, we could drive to Minneapolis on our way to Chicago, which by the way, if you live in Florida, that's not on the way. Actually, what we said was, if they can get us in on Monday, right, they can get us because in. we at that point did not know if they could even see us, you know, could because to plan multiple days of testing, people know at any hospital, that doesn't just like fall into place. I mean, that's a process. Right. And we were like, well, if they can see us. And so I called her back and said, let's if, see you, if we if, could go. If you can get us in on Monday, we'll be there. We'll, we'll drive all, all night long. We'll get up there. And she called back. She goes, we can do it. Just get up here. And now understand, we never told Bill and Marietta any of this. Well, in fact, while I was up in Minneapolis getting tested, Bill calls me one day and, and we're talking and, and, I, and we're praying for his donor. And I'm thinking, I'm such a creep. I'm not telling him what I'm really going through. But Bill had already been disappointed one time. You weren't a creep. You were feeling bad because you were keeping a secret. Yeah, because I was literally 20 miles from Bill's house. Because we didn't want to disappoint if, it, right. if things fell through. And what was really funny is while we were at the hospital getting tested, Bill comes up to the hospital. But luckily, he didn't see us. I had to deliver paperwork. Yeah. So we get to the end of the testing, and, and I don't remember what day it was. I think it was like the 10th of October, and it might have been the 9th of October. And 
The doctors come in and said, Jim, you are a perfect donor for Bill. Except you haven't had a colonoscopy yet, and you're 52 years old. you got to get a colonoscopy before you can donate to Bill. I'm like, whatever, that is not happening. I said, I don't want to have a colonoscopy. And for those of you that are younger than 50, you don't know why I'm talking about it. And those of you older than 50, they you know might exactly. know they've heard. Yeah, you've heard the stories. <laughs> so I said, well, I can't get a colonoscopy until the end of the month. We're leaving Minneapolis. We're going to be on the road for an entire month. And like, well, when you get that done, we can, we can uh, advance. See how it's, advance, maybe advance. So we drive across the country, and while, and while we drive across the country a little sideways of this, I grew a mole on my forehead in 30 days. We get home. I get a colonoscopy on Halloween, which, by the way, is very appropriate. I get a, I get a colonoscopy, <laughs> and, and they tell me, and Jim, you, we found a couple things. We've got to have those tested. And I'm like, we'll know in about 10 days. I'm like, no, that's not, that's not happening. I will pay whatever it takes for you to rush this through to find out, to make sure. I have to have an all clear, or I cannot donate my kidney. And they... You know, you, all you have to do is say you're going to donate a kidney. Everybody kind of pushes everything through. I get the results in, in two days, and they say, Jim, you're all clear. And that was the 2nd of November. Yep. I'll remember that day the rest of my life. So will I. I was so happy to be able to finally call you and tell you. And all I did was say, Bill, what are you doing on the 10th of December? I said, I don't know. Is you coming in town? Like, yeah, I'll probably be in town. So I'm going to donate my kidney to you. Well, no, that's not quite how it worked. Oh, what it, how did it work? <laughs> well, you said you were coming to town, and when Jim and Martha come to town, they have family in Oatana, which is only a half hour from us. And Jim said he was coming into town, and whenever they come into town, we get together for breakfast and lunch. And I says, well, are we going get to brec- get together for breakfast or lunch? And at this time, I've got my phone on speaker, because Brian and I are going up what I thought was going to be my last deer hunt. And Brian was taking care of me because I was so weak and everything. I couldn't do it. Him and uh, our other hunting partner had built a stand for me that was only 50 yards from the truck. And I could go back to the truck and get warm. But anyway, that's getting elongated. But I says, well, Jim, if we're not going to breakfast, if you don't have time for that, what's the deal? He says, well, Bill, I'm going to meet you at Abbott at 5 in the morning. I'm giving you a kidney. And Brian and I instantly broke out crying and when we got off the phone with jim and i'll let marietta tell you i called marietta <laughs> go ahead i happened to be in lakeville at that time and i was in chipotle ordering something to eat and i was standing at the counter bill calls me he tells me this well i start bawling <laughs> this poor guy at the counter he said i'm, I'm sorry ma'am did i do something wrong and i said no, I said, I just got the most wonderful news. And I thought, oh, my, I just couldn't believe it. I got up to deer hunting and told the people up there that we always get together with for meals and that about it. And they all instantly, and there's about nine, you know, big, heavy-duty guys. And they all started crying, and we all took a moment and prayed and thanked God that Jim and Martha had decided to do this journey with me. And just to give you a little highlight, I got the kidneys taken out. I mean, I, my granddaughter always used my stomach for her little table for her Cheerios or grapes or whatever when she was two. And when I came out of everything, she came over and uh, she went to put her grapes on my stomach and uh, my table wasn't there anymore. <laughs> but what was funny that day, as I told you all that, you're, you're like, really? Really? Yeah. And you called me back twice. Like, for real? Are you really doing this? <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and it was it was such an honor. 
it was a process, man. Martha and I had a process. We processed for a year up to that point because we knew it was a lot. And as so, we I tell you, and the next Monday, so I think it was a Friday, and the next Monday, like I remember we were at Martha's parents when I called you and told you that it was donating the kidney. And, and the next Monday, I had a dermatology appointment. I did a dermatology appointment. They go, Jim, that mole that grew while you guys were on the road, it's cancerous. You got to have that removed. I'm like, holy crap, I got to have, I got cancer on my face and they're like well we can get you in on the 5th of december I said no no you don't understand i gotta donate a kidney on the 10th of december there's no 5th of december thing here you need to get this done and and they called back and they got somebody to give up a surgery appointment so i could get right in and get that done because they wanted me healed up before we left to go and then we're martha and i are trying to figure out okay the 10th of december how long are we gonna be out of work and we figure out i'm gonna be out of work for five which means off of the radio. Off of the radio. For, you know, well, we, we were, were doing daily radio. We had, and, and it was going to be 25 days of we're not on the radio. And I went through, and all of our travels all the fall of 2018, we had accumulated 26 extra shows. So we had fresh content the entire it time. It was all planned. All planned. <laughs> and then they told me right before we were getting ready to leave, they go, well, if you fly up and get sick on the plane, we'll cancel everything. I'm like, oh, heck no. <laughs> no, that's not happening. So we drove up to Minnesota in December, which, by the way, for those of you from Florida. Most that, people don't do. That is not <laughs> a wise risky. decision. Uh, but, but it, it worked out wonderful. It worked out great. Yeah. And and honestly, we're sitting here today, almost three years later. What a miracle. And, and I told people in 18, it was the greatest Christmas gift I'd ever gotten, was and to give was, my kidney away. And it was the greatest gift I could have gotten, because not only did I get a kidney, it gave me my life back. Right. So we just wanted to share that story with you. There's so much more we could share, and we didn't hear enough from Marietta and Martha, but the, the point is, this was a spiritual journey. I mean, it's drawn all of us closer to God. It's drawn all of us closer to each other, mm -hmm. uh, but it's also, we've seen a miracle of technology and miracle of medicine, mm -hmm. but when we realize the need, there's a need for 100,000 kidneys. If 100,000 believers in America donated a kidney today which it takes two months to get qualified, so it's not going to happen today. Um, there's 100,000 people that would get their lives back, and it would literally... 100,000 people don't jump on the list every year. 100,000 people are on the list right now. And the waiting ten, list. The waiting list, and there's 10,000 of them die every year waiting. This is something believers can solve simply. This is what the body of Christ was all about. So we challenge you, go out to the website, usforthem.org usforthem.org please consider being a kidney donor I will Martha and I will sit down with you and talk to you about all of the ins and outs of it Bill and Marietta will do the same thing yes it is we can explain to you what to expect but even though there is a few days of pain that's why it has to be if you're married this is a husband wife deal because after the surgery Martha had to take care of me for a couple of weeks and Marietta has been taking care of Bill well for 50 years. But, uh, but there was, Bill was actually doing better than I was. But it's, it is amazing. Uh, Martha and I moved. We started packing and moving like a month after the surgery. So, I mean, I was up and out and lifting heavy boxes when I wasn't supposed to be less than a month after the surgery. So, it's a miracle. We want to invite you to participate in this mm -hmm. miracle. Usforthem.org. You're listening to I Work For Him. And we want to share that story because it defines who we are today. Bill and Marietta Boyson, thank you for sharing the other side of that story with our audience today. Well, Jim and Martha, thank you for having us on the show and for your commitment to God 
and giving me a kidney and giving me my life back, which I can guarantee you, if I didn't get your kidney, I wouldn't be here speaking to all these people on the mm. network. So everybody out there, really give thought to donating a kidney. And it doesn't have to be somebody you know. You can join a group. And we've seen where they've had a pairing, they call it pairing, 24 different people paired to get the first kidney to the first person, and all those other kidneys went to 23 other people, which I find this this thing called pairing is a miracle. Mm-hmm. It's on the network, and they go from every hospital, and like Jim knows another person that got a kidney, and it had to be flown in. So, I mean... It's a miracle world out there. It's just going to take a lot of you people that are believers to say, you know what? I don't need that second kidney. I'm going to give it to somebody that can enjoy life, enjoy grandkids. It gave me the chance to be alive to see my youngest Mm -hmm. grandkid that's 10 months old. And he's the joy to my life. I wouldn't have been here for that if it wouldn't have been for Jim donating and Martha backing him 100%. Because like Jim said, it takes both. And in my case... I had told all my donors that if the wife was not on board or the husband or the husband, most of my donors were men, but if the other spouse wasn't on board, I would not let them do it. I would have went without a kidney before I'd have a problem in a family. So it's something you got to all pray for, let God lead you. And hopefully a lot of people listening to this will call hospitals and Jim and Martha or Marriott and I can tell you where to call. There's, organizations in every state mm-hmm. Abbott up in Minneapolis I think is one of the best but I'm a little bit biased because that's where I went <laughs> and all I got to do is thank all of you and thank God thank Jim and Martha and my life is fantastic thank you thank you again you've been listening to I Work Room with your host Jim and Martha Brangenberg we're Christ followers living with just one kidney but ultimately I, I work, work for him. him did you know that God has a calling on your life it's true He's called you to bring Jesus to the world. For some, that may look like a pulpit or a foreign mission field, but for most of us, it looks like a construction site, a cubicle, a hospital, or a classroom. Wherever it is that you work, live, volunteer, and invest, that is your mission field. To learn more about integrating your faith into your work and retirement, check out our books, I Work For Him, She Works For Him, and I Retire For Him by going to iworkforhim.com bookstore. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online, iworkforhim.com. I work the number 4 him.com